Trinity, I'm starting off with the with the verse that you don't have, so don't freak out. Don't try and find it, you know, because it's just something that the Lord gave me as we were worshiping. Um, James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good thing comes from the Lord. When Christine gave that word earlier, I just, I was just, I was just wowed by our Lord, you know, because that's that's exactly, you know, what He's been telling me as I've been preparing for the sermon is, we, we need to have the perspective that God is good and only good, and we oftentimes miss that. We oftentimes miss the fact that He's good and only good, and our perspective can be warped about who our Father is. And so I just wanted to start off with that, like. That covering, that verse is such a covering of how good our Father is. So, just wanted to start with that. Perspective. Perspective is defined simply as a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something, a point of view. Our perspective on life is imperative. Our perspective on our Father is imperative. Our, our perspective on what we have what we don't have is imperative for us to actually walk out our purpose as Christians on this earth. We have to have the right perspective because if we don't, we all of a sudden are focused on our needs instead of what the Lord instead of what the Lord says our needs are, which is a little bit of a shift. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're in the middle of a series on the Lord's Prayer, and we've gotten through um, the the first couple sections. But this next section is called, Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. And throughout this message, I feel like the Lord wants us to be intentional about what our perspective is about this life that we're living. So when I was heading into my senior year of high school, I met a girl. And she was pretty. And she was caring. And she was joyful. She loved the Lord. She was responsible. And um, somehow, some reason, she was interested in me, <laughs> which uh, thrilled me um, because after about three-ish months of just getting to know each other, um, this girl, she said, yes, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to date you. And I was thrilled. I was thrilled. This, this wonderful, loving girl was interested in me, and I was immediately... Uh, very excited about what what God may have for this relationship. So th- for the first three or four months, it was awesome. It was so good. You know, it's kind of like the the you know I don't know in in the movie Bambi they use the word t- Twitter pated. You know, because you just like you just have this like bubbling inside of you that you're just giddy about this this new relationship. And um, I remember that Christmas after we started dating, you know, there's nothing that this girl wanted to do more than just be with me. And it was just a cool time, and we were starting to dream about what the future actually looked like. And um, then something changed. My last semester of high school, our last semester of high school, um, all of a sudden things started to change. She started to focus on me less. She started to um, be distracted. She... Our, our phone conversations were shorter. We used to have like three or four dates a week. We'd get together all the time, and 
it turned into maybe one because she had this going on or that going on. And so, you know, I was a senior in high school who apparently knew everything, and I thought I deserved better. I deserved better than this person who was only giving me a little bit of her attention. And so I did the only, you know, plausible thing to do, right, uh, was to break up with her. So I did. I broke up with this girl. Um, and I thank the Lord that my perspective did not stay in that space. Because if you think about it, my perspective went from this, like, really kind of exciting relationship where, you know, she was so focused on me and I was getting all these great feelings and I was getting what I needed and it felt great. And then I felt like she was changing, like her affection towards me was changing. And I let my one-sided perspective get to the point where I broke up with that girl. Um, Thankfully, that girl sitting right here, (laughs) she's been my wife now for... Uh, almost 14 years, and I'm glad that she took the perspective that, okay, this guy may be a buffoon from time to time, but I'm still I'm still going to give him another chance, and I'm so thankful. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Um, but it was my perspective. Let, let me say that story in a slightly different way. Let me end that story in a slightly different way. We were in our last semester of, of high school, and I was dating a responsible young woman who was focused on her grades and focused on extracurricular activities and focused on getting scholarships. How dare she, right? (laughs) How dare she? I mean, when when you shift your perspective, and if I would have shifted my perspective to understand why I was feeling what I was feeling and also understanding what what her desires were, um, I wouldn't have made that that possibly life-changing decision. I I thank God often that... um, you know, that did not ruin my chances at uh, the, the great marriage that we've had. So um, perspective is so important. Um, I've been studying the words, give us this day our daily bread. And throughout this message, we're just going to be talking about three ways that I feel God wanted to change our perspective through those simple words. So let's let's go ahead and dive into uh, Matthew 6, 7 through 8. And so we are going to read the Lord's Prayer together. We've been doing that every week. Um, but I did want to step back. I felt the Lord wanted us to step back really quick and, and look at Matthew 6, 7 through 8 first. Uh, so Jesus' words prior to the Lord's Prayer is warning us against what not to do when we pray. So Matthew 6, 7 through 8 says, When you are praying... Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. That's kind of ironic with how often we repeat this prayer, right? We repeat it often because it is the Lord's Prayer. And it's not bad that we repeat it, but what is bad is if when we pray it, we're just repeating something. It's something that the Lord wants us to have intentionality about as we pray this prayer. So let's, let's read this out loud together and, and just pray this prayer to our Lord together. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debts. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Those aren't words just to repeat. They're words to get us in the right mindset about our Father, about His purpose in our lives, and each and every word in that prayer has meaning. Our perspective about the Lord and His ultimate provision and desires for us are so important. So today we're going to focus on these three main reasons that I believe these words are in, uh, in this prayer. And so I'm going to start with what I think is a very key theme from these words. The give us this day our daily bread. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Our Father who art in heaven. Our daily bread. This is not a my daily bread, your daily bread. It is our daily bread. And it's important that we realize why it was this way. I know most of you in this room, and I would, I think I'm safe to say that for most of us, I don't think we're worried necessarily about our daily bread today. I think that's a pretty fair statement. I, we, we know where that next meal is going to come from. We, we you know, have the, the means to um, actually buy food, to, to have our daily needs met today. Um, and that's not, that's not necessarily the case. There are those, even in this body, that, that don't know where that's coming from. But just think about how self-centered it would be if it was give, this, give me today my daily bread. Because then, I mean, we have that. And so that, that, that would kind of distort what this is all about. We are to feel for the body of Christ. We are to feel for this body. We are to feel for every Christian that is in the world when it comes to their daily needs. Are we sensitive to that fact? Are we doing that? I don't know how well of a job I do with that all the time. We get very focused on our daily grind, on our day-to-day, and sometimes it's it's easy to forget that there are so many that are without their daily needs. So Caleb, this week, um, Caleb fell down and skinned his knee. But the thing is, he didn't, he didn't think about it. He just kept on playing, and he didn't even realize that he had skinned his knee. About three, four hours later, uh, he lifted up his, his shorts to reveal his knee, and he's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm bleeding, and I have a scratch, and I, I do something about it right now. I need a Band-Aid. I, I need this healed. Pray for me. Like, it, immediately, he realized that there was a wound on his body that needed to be taken care of. But it wasn't until his perspective changed, and he realized that that wound was there, that he actually wanted it addressed, that he actually was willing to do whatever he could to address that need. We have the same problem sometimes when it comes to realizing that there are those needs within the body of Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And you think about the early church. You think about the Acts two, Acts three church. I've got to imagine that they they prayed this prayer and absolutely meant it on the spot, because it says in Acts two that they they praised the Lord and they and they shared together in everything, because they had no no choice. They were they were they were doing this together, and it was just it was just set. That was the understanding in that early church. Now. We're all over the world. And there are brothers and sisters in Christ that don't have their daily needs met. You know, Melody is not here today, um, but Melody has always had a, a huge heart for, for the nations. And that's why we're doing this, this uh, initiative where we can send some kind words to those who are family members of those being persecuted throughout the world. And so Melody is very focused on the nations, and her heart breaks for those whose heart whose hearts are breaking around the nations. Um, God gives us each a specific heart for specific people. So we may not all have a heart for the nations, but we all have to have a heart for those who are in need. It's not, it's not something we can question. It's not something that it's up to us to choose whether that's important to us or not. It's our daily bread, our daily bread. I practiced R and our about 17 times this morning because I didn't want to sound like a pirate. Um, so, our daily bread. So, I, I feel like that's a very important theme from those words. Give us this day our daily bread. Let us be sensitive to those who are in need. Let us pray for them. Let us see how we can be generous and affect their needs. So, that's the first theme. The second theme that is extremely important is that every prayer request is important to the Lord. Every prayer request is important to the Lord. We already read in Matthew 6, 8 that your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And yet the first part of this Lord's Prayer, we're praying for our needs. Why? I mean, if He already knows what we need before we ask Him, why do we then need to ask Him? Because we have to understand the power of prayer. We have to understand the power of prayer. Every prayer, every request is important to the Lord. I believe that we as Christians, we have a tendency to discredit our prayers. And it makes sense, right? You know, as we, as we accept Jesus, as we accept the ultimate sacrifice that he made for us, it starts to feel like we're unworthy. Because really, we are unworthy. We are not worthy of the gift that Jesus gave to us. But he did. He made that ultimate sacrifice for us. God had such a strong love for us that he made that sacrifice for us so he could have that relationship. And that's humbling. That's a humbling thing. The God of the universe sent his son to die for me. And so it's humbling. And that's good. It should be humbling. But if you take the next step and you start to say, well... God's got bigger fish to fry. There's hunger in the world. There's death. There's disease. There's persecution. There's cancer. There's all these things. Surely I should be praying for those things because they're bigger. They're more important. That's a dangerous road to go down. It's a dangerous road. Because what happens as we start to do that? We start to leave ourselves vulnerable and say, no, this is, this isn't, this is too small for the Lord. Well, R.T. Kendall, um, who, by the way, throughout the series, we've been referencing R.T. Kendall's book, The Sermon on the Mount. 
it's a huge book. It's really great and deals with so many different subjects. Um, but he has a great quote on this specific subject. He says, Don't worry about praying over small things. With God, everything is small. And it's true. It's true. Why, why are we the ones who dictate what is big and what is small to the Lord of the universe? Why do we do that? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. Every prayer, every request is important to the Lord. I believe that the Lord knew that this could be our reaction as we become um, part of his family, is that we start to feel this humility and we start to discredit our prayers. And I feel like that's part of why this is early on in the Lord's Prayer, saying, okay, I, I need to understand that every need I have, I need to pray to the Lord for. Every small request I have, I need to go to the Lord for. It's hard to accept, but I, I truly think that this is a big part of why this passage is in the Lord's Prayer. Because every day, we need to be 100% dependent on the Lord. So if we start discrediting our needs and our prayers, all of a sudden, He's not He's not the one that we're 100% depending on. And then, to take it a step further, prayer is really powerful. Prayer is extremely powerful. And I believe that this sets the foundation that if he, if we give Him everything, every small thing, all of a sudden we start praying about everything. And there's power in that. Ephesians 6.18 says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. That verse comes after an entire section on putting on the full armor of God, getting us ready for the spiritual battle that we have coming up in our future. It's a powerful thing if we are in the mindset that we are to pray about everything. Because then we're prepared. Then we are ready to just use prayer as this amazing weapon in this spiritual battle that we're in. So that's the second theme. Every prayer is important. So as you're praying, give us a stay our daily bread. You know, be thinking about those in need, but also let it soak in that He cares about every single little thing that we think is insignificant. Then the third and final theme is being thankful. Being thankful. I don't know about you, but it's difficult to cope spiritually. It's difficult to be okay if we're unwell, if we're hungry, if we're tired, if we're sick, if we're in debt, if we're without sleep, without finances. It's hard to pray when we are overwhelmed with the daily physical, emotional, and material problems that we deal with every day. I believe that this passage is about more than just the daily bread. It's about much more than that. It's about shelter. It's about clothing. It's about employment. It's about financial needs, emotional strength, the ability to do our jobs well, the ability to be a good parent, the ability to be a good spouse. It's all of those things. And hence, we have this prayer to shift our perspective and be thankful for all that we have. And that then allows us to have this foundation of thankfulness in everything that we do. How different are these two 
statements. Ugh, I had to go to work today. Or, I got to provide for my family today. Which of those statements is more powerful? Which of those statements gives a foundation that allows us to be strong in the Lord? That allows us to live out a day just with knowledge that He is providing for us? Jesus knows when we're not thankful. And he made it abundantly apparent that he wants us to be thankful. I want to talk about um, just one of the stories of Jesus' healings in Luke 17. So we're going to read Luke 17, 11 through 17. And it says, While Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he had saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Jesus knows when we're not thankful, guys. Jesus knows. It goes back to perspective. That one leprous man who came and said, just fell on his face and was so thankful. Do you think that he had a better opportunity to walk out a life with Jesus? Or do you think the nine? We are to be thankful for everything the Lord has done for us. We use the, the verse, um, the verses, um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, a lot. I, I, I feel like I use them in pretty much every, in every sermon. Um, I'm going to read them, those verses again in a second, but it's important for us to realize we deserve nothing. Actually, we deserve death. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Our sin deserves death. We deserve nothing. And instead, we were given life. So, when you think about those words, give us this day our daily bread, you could say, thank you for being the one who provides for me. Each day, then, becomes a gift that the Lord has bestowed upon us. So, okay, going to Philippians 4, 6-7, through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Let your requests be known to God. I didn't write down seven. I want to read seven. And the peace of and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is more or less one of those if then verses. And you notice that it says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with let's try that again. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. This is, a, this is something we need to practice. We need to practice. We're talking about practice. That's for you, Anthony. Um, we, we absolutely need to be thankful in all of our prayers. And then, if we're thankful in our prayers, 
then that peace that transcends all understanding will become true to us. You need more verses about being thankful? I'm going to give them to you because they're good verses. Colossians 3, 15-17 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. I asked... I, I continue to ask the Lord as I was preparing for this this message, like, give me an example. Give me something that can really hit home about why we should be thankful. Because, honestly, I think most of us know that, right? Most of us know that that we should be thankful for, for everything that our Lord does for us. But he just pointed me back to this verse. Give us this day our daily bread. And when we pray that prayer, we have the opportunity to say, God, I... I know that you are my provider. You give everything to me. And I am thankful. Let this day be incredible. Because I know that you have provided for me. That you are the foundation for every need. As said in James 1.7. He's responsible for every good and perfect thing. Brandon, you want to come up? If you're here. All right. Um, I feel like we have to mean this prayer. We have to mean this part of the Lord's Prayer. I mean, we talk so much about you know honoring the Lord in those those early verses, and Your kingdom come, Your will be done. It's putting Him first, but then it's, it's understanding that the next part, the next part was not forgive us our sins or forgive us our debts that wasn't the next part <laughs> the next part was give us to stay our daily bread give us a foundation of just relying on you and understanding that you are provider let us th- let that be the foundation of our lives and that comes before you know forgiveness of sins and um, lead us not into temptation. Because if we don't have this foundation set of being thankful, those other prayers that are upcoming, they don't mean as much. They don't mean as much. They don't hit home. Because really, it kind of turns into a, well, we're being ordered to situation. You know, you think of a, a, a teacher or authority figure, um, a boss who sets rules in place and says, follow this, follow this, do that, do this, do that, do that. Um, That's not how our relationship with the Lord should be. I know that for me, you know, the best bosses I've had are the ones that I have this innate knowledge that they care so much about me. They care about my growth. They care about my needs. And therefore, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in this person. I'm going to trust 
and these additional things that this person is asking me to do. And so as we continue to go through this series, I feel like give us this day our daily bread is to be the foundation that sets up success in the rest of the prayer. Because if we're thankful, if we're just understanding that he's our provider, that then changes our perspective. It changes what we're focused on. It changes how thankful we are. It changes how often we think of the sacrifice that he made for us. It changes how often we are just in awe of our God when we are thankful. And that just allows us to walk out in our purpose in really, really cool ways. But this foundation has to be set. So as we close up today, I really feel like these three themes need to just soak in. They really do. We have to be sensitive for those who are in need. Let's support ministries in the church that are designed to support those in need. Kim Smith, sitting in the back row, she's over outreach. She sets up many ways that we try and affect the community in giving free backpacks to kids who otherwise wouldn't have backpacks in partnering with Erie Uplink. We have ways with Angel Tree to just love on kids whose parents are in jail and they don't get a gift otherwise. Those things should make us weep. We should weep with those who weep. So let's let that be true when we pray the words, give us this day our daily bread. Second, don't discredit any of your prayers. Don't do it. Don't do it. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. I'm a big fantasy football player, and one of the key fantasy football guys got suspended for four days, and, or for, for, for four games, which screws up the entire fantasy football draft. It's huge. It's huge. And so immediately, I'm like texting Mark. I'm talking to Anthony. I'm like, did you hear about this? This is, this is, this is a huge deal, you know? Um, if I can get that excited about just a silly suspension in the NFL, <laughs> I, I should probably be, probably be more excited about the opportunity to pray for those who are in need. The opportunity to pray for everything in my life. And then lastly, we have to be thankful, guys. We have to be thankful. We have to be. Even when it gets tough, even for those who are going through strife right now, we've got to be thankful that we are his son, we are his daughter, that we belong to him. We're thankful that even though I may not know how that next meal is going to come, how that job is going to get taken care of. I know that I'm the best hands I possibly could be, so I'm thankful. And I give you all the praise that you deserve. So how's your perspective? How's your perspective? I know mine needed a little bit of shifting. I know that God gave Christine an intentional word today to say that we're focused. Someone here could be focused on the rags, focused on the crap that they're dealing with, let God sew that up and let his goodness just wrap around you. Let your perspective be focused on what he wants to do, his promises for you, instead of the circumstances that maybe the world has put in your way. 
that maybe others have put in your way. Push that aside. Let His goodness just transcend everything you are. 